Welcome to Teacher Thrive, the podcast for educators who want to thrive, not just survive in their profession. With your hosts, certified coaches and teachers, Madel Mazella and Caitlin Rabbi. So this episode is coming out after the new year. Yes. So perfect time to talk about when you feel stupid. <laughs> it's always a good time. It's always a good time to talk about it because I think that what the topics we talk about are oftentimes the topics people wish, you know, others talked more about. These are topics that, in my opinion, are not hush-hush per se, but they require a lot of courage to talk about them and to acknowledge that, hey, you know what? Sometimes I feel stupid. I don't know in your circle, Caitlin, but in my circle, I don't have a lot of people that are willing to, you know, to acknowledge that. Yeah, that they feel stupid. I know I feel stupid like a lot. And usually it's, this is so silly. It's like when I get super like self-righteous about something, like at the beginning of this year, there was like a big email chain and I don't think I paid attention to like what everybody was saying. And I wrote this email that was like, and this needs to happen with this and whatever. And they were like, yeah, that's exactly what we were saying. And I was like, (laughs) oh, (laughs) so I feel like a lot of times it's when I have a negative emotion pointed outwards and then I feel really stupid afterwards I feel like I shouldn't have done that like almost like an impulsive way I'm reacting to situations yeah same with me and sometimes it is to me when I receive verbal not instructions I guess we'll call them instructions if I need to do something or if somebody's telling me let's just say instructions I am following for the second that you're telling me but afterwards if I don't write it down, I could forget the simplest instructions. I'm such a visual learner in that way. I have learned to stop the person and say, hold on just a second. Let me take my phone out and let me jot down some notes because I will forget. And so like I own it now that I will forget instead of just pretending that I will remember all the details because it could be very minor, but I will forget. Oh my gosh, that happens so much in the hallway because I feel like with my special ed job, I'm up and down the hallway like constantly and people will catch me in the hallway and be like, hey, can you take care of this with this kid? And I have to be like, you need to email me because as soon as I walk away from you, like I'm not going to remember that you asked me that. Yes, I tell my students, anytime you want me to remember anything, if you give me verbal confirmation of whatever, I will forget it. You have mm-hmm. to, yeah, like I tell them the same thing. Email me. And sometimes I say, don't don't worry. Yeah, no, no, I'll remember because I feel very capable in that moment. And then guess, guess what happens? I forget. And then they tell me again, but I already, I told you this. I told you this, you know, twice already. I'm like, I'm so sorry. It's not your fault. It's my fault. Don't you worry. <laughs> That's like the funniest thing about like that we rely so heavily on our, our brains to like hold all this information. And like on some level, we know like we can't keep it all in check but we're still like I feel like I couldn't possibly forget this and I'm like watch me watch me forget it (laughs) that happens to me a lot with passwords like there it's just impossible I'm going to forget this one Mm -hmm. and the next time I go to log in to whatever I say how did I forget this but you're not alone friends you're not alone happens it happens it could be You know, if you experience a lot of self-doubt, if you are frustrated about the mistakes that you make, you could very well feel stupid. 
But a better approach is not say, for example, I'm so stupid, but instead say, oh, that was a stupid thing to do. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, just not assigning the label to yourself, but to the thing or the action that you did that made you feel stupid. And I know I have kind of that inner mean girl voice. I know a lot of people have it, but some people I've talked to like don't have that. And I don't know if it's the way that you grew up that you talk to yourself in a certain way, but my inner self-talk is not nice a lot of the time. Like that's something I've really had to work on a lot. The calling myself stupid is a huge thing, like after I've messed stuff up. And once you've practiced that for like years and years and years, it's hard to not automatically do that when you mess something up or when you are in a situation where you have created an issue that maybe you feel like shouldn't have happened. And that's another one of those things that it's neurologically ingrained in our brains. So it takes a lot of effort and noticing that we're talking to ourselves that way to kind of like turn that inner monologue into a different thing. Yeah. Being aware of it, it's great. But like you said, when you have been habitually assigning that thought, right, or labeling yourself as that, it takes constant action on our part to say, okay, I understand what I'm doing, but it doesn't have to be that way. I'm labeling myself as that, but I understand that that's not actually true. But we could very patiently redirect to okay, I know what's happening. And maybe try saying it's not, like I said before, it's not me, it's that action, or it is what I said. What else do you think? Do you have a thought that comes to mind when you want to redirect? I think one of the ones that I go to a lot is just like, I'm a human being, like and human beings make mistakes. It's a little bit lighter than I am stupid in that situation. But I think giving yourself like kind of that grace If it's a memory thing or if it's like something I have done wrong with somebody else, this is not specifically my self-concept. Totally. When I'm able to, because I cannot tell you that I'm able to redirect 100% of the times, but when I'm able to do it, which is more often than I ever did, I'm aware that it's just a thought and it is my habitual thought. And I'm able to pinpoint like, okay, this is maybe my conditioning. And I understand that conceptually. Mm -hmm. So I just pause and I just don't give that the original thought. I'm stupid because that, 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 that. I don't give that a lot of energy. And so instead I just focused on that's my habitual thought. It doesn't mean that it is true. And I don't go anywhere with it. It's just my habitual thought. It doesn't mean it's true. Yeah. And that gives me pause. Then I remember that I can breathe because nothing's happening. And, you know, this is just just a thought. This is just my knee-jerk reaction thought. But I remember, like, I don't say verbally, I don't articulate it out loud a lot. But I do remember once or twice articulating, you know, to in front of a group of people, oh, I'm so stupid, I forgot whatever it was. And in the at the time, I thought that I was doing that because I was being humble. It was a knee-jerk reaction to what happened or what the whatever I had forgotten. I thought that in saying that, I was showing that I was humble, that I was willing and able and capable of owning my mistakes. And I actually thought it was a good thing. But that stuck with me, right? You don't think about everything you do or you say, but that stuck with me. When I was starting to gain more 
more awareness, I would say. And then later on, I realized that maybe I had excused that what I had said, I had justified it in, 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 a, in a way, but I now understand it as fawning behavior because it wasn't that I was humble. It was that I wanted them to perceive me as humble, almost as to say, I pose no threat here. And I didn't have that awareness in the past. I really thought that by saying that, I was just like leveling with people, coming across as a real person. Isn't it so funny? How cute to think that. I love that you have the awareness to be like, looking back on that, I think that was like a specific behavior. <laughs> looking back on what happened like 15, 18 years ago when that happened. No, because honestly, like, I think there's people who do that in a really anxious way. Like they keep, we call it like hamstering, like thinking the same, like going over what happened over and over again. But if you're looking at that in like more of an analytic way, and you're saying, this is why I did that behavior. This was the outcome I wanted. And then this is what like I actually like needed in that moment. Like having that level of self-awareness is I feel like a huge thing. I don't feel like a lot of people even like go that far. They just kind of like replay thoughts and they're like, oh, that was so stupid. Oh, that was so stupid. Like, yeah, without analyzing. That's so true. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Yeah, there's a difference between like going back and beating yourself up about past actions versus like using it as a tool for like growth in the future and your own like self-concept. Yes, and as feedback. And so little by little, my friends, when you do this, it will start to get easier. I can't say that sometimes I don't, you know, we all have our moments, but just having that awareness is so key because... Even if you continue in that loop and hamstering, even if you continue to beat yourself up, you're aware that you have the power to stop it, even though you may not be able to do so right away. Because like I said, it's just so wired in our system. Maybe you're not able to do it right away, but you are aware of what's happening. And that lessens the impact of our words. Words have so much power. So when we say things out loud that work against us and our identity, we are completely annihilating our self-expression and who we are in our core just by saying things out loud like, I'm so stupid. It's so detrimental for our well-being, for our self-love. When we say it out loud that we're just giving it so much energy and so much power and we start to believe it. So be careful what you say that's against your best interest. Then you will continue to stay stuck in that loop and not be able to gain self-awareness. What you were talking about before, as far as like comparing ourselves to other people too, when I went to college and when I had to like take all of those classes and like we talked about before, like not having a great memory, especially for like numbers and dates and things like that. Just the constant comparison was so detrimental, like you said, over time to like the way that I felt about myself, where coming into college, I felt like I had these strengths in like writing and language and then having to perform and compare myself to all of these other people. 
in all of those other areas that I had to take classes in. It really brought my self-concept like down a lot. We have to remember that like human beings are not always going to be amazing in all areas. I know what my strengths are, what things I'm weak in, and I can do things like writing things down constantly and having everything in my calendar that kind of even out my skill set so that I'm still able to function (laughs) in my job and things like that. But that was really eye-opening because just the jump from like high school to college and the expectation, the comparison was very difficult for me. Yes, to all of that. I know now that I could never be an attorney, ever. Number one, I'm way too compassionate. You know, <laughs> I would believe everybody. But that level of studying and, and commitment to you know the working hours, when I had to take educational law, I maneuvered so many ways when I took notes and post-its and all the tricks to remember and to do well. And, you know, as an adult, we're able to do that. There's so many adults that do so much better in college or in school because we have the tricks, but it was excruciating to remember all those details and the amount of studying that I had to do for that class because it just didn't come easy for me. Anyway, I know my areas of strengths and and like I couldn't be an attorney. I couldn't be a doctor. It's just not my thing. But I second your sentiment about, you know, we all have our areas of expertise and our areas of strengths, the areas that we're just not interested in. Like I would not even be interested in just becoming so many other professions, like dentists, like, you know, so in our area, we are eating the way that they say now, I will say eating because I say, I think it makes me sound so cool. <laughs> in our areas of expertise, we are eating Caitlin. <laughs> and I will believe that I will be delusional about that. I'll remind myself of that. We have to. We have to. It just serves no purpose to beat ourselves up. Absolutely. I don't think that particular term has made its way from New York to Michigan yet. No, it's a thing. It's a thing. When you do something well, you're eating. Yeah. (laughs) So funny because I usually butcher phrases. I have to stick to standard English. I love that. Just makes me laugh. I'm like, I'm eating all the time too. Is that is that good? Oh my goodness. Well, we hope everybody has a good new year and at the times you feel stupid, we want you to remember that it's just a thought and you can work to change it. That's all for this episode of Teacher Thrive. We'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future topics. So please reach out to us. Links to our websites, freebies, and social media accounts are included in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.